0: March to the Pod, currently the only podcast designed to exclusively talk about the Sam Houston Bearcats. In this episode, we will consider whether Sam Houston should coerce a rivalry or just let one develop naturally. Ben has been attending football practices, he brings us an update and his impressions along with... Uh, An injury update, which is very, very big right now. And then soccer and volleyball are getting started soon. Ben has a preview of each team. For us, I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. You name it, Corey Hogue Sports. It's all one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E-S-P-O-R-T-S. It's that simple. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of S -S 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 H S. S-H-S-U on Twitter and Instagram, the Chief Operating Officer of the Cat Fund and a proud Bearcat alum, Ben Sorrels. Ben, it's uh, it's good to talk to you again. Episode 3 came a lot quicker
1: than Episode 2. It did, and speaking of coming up quickly, it is August already, and we've got some football this month, ball practice. We've got um, soccer. we got volleyball. So things are about to get rolling, and it's right there. It's upon us.
0: It is. It is. It's an exciting time. We've got camp going. We've got all kinds of preseason teams coming out and all that. And we've got, you know, some fun stuff to talk about as the Bearcats are moving up. We are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on the various social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, soon i'll be getting you know we're gonna have a tiktok on it probably here shortly too just trying to work on getting that name set and everything on there trying to make sure i can get the uh i want everything to be the same ben that that's one of my keys i gotta have everything the same across the board
1: yeah gotta streamline it march to the pod gotta make sure you get it in there (laughs) that's
0: right and it's all one word it's march with the number two and then the pod. So march to the pod with the number two in there. And to those of us, what to those of you watching us on Dave Campbell's YouTube page, we say hello and welcome and thank you. Uh, ben, I want to take a moment here and just really, really brag on our audience. You know, I mean, seriously, what this is only two episodes in and the feedback has been tremendous. The number of people uh, that have been watching on YouTube and listening on the Republic of Football Network, it it is it's humbling in a way, Ben, that that many people really want to hear what 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 we've
1: got to say about the Bearcats. I know, and we we knew we would be the only one at the moment coming in, only podcast, but it's still really cool to see all the feedback, whether it be on social media. I know there's been some discussion on Cat fans. I know our YouTube video has been doing really well, so it is really cool. We knew this would kind of be a new thing, and we didn't know exactly how it would go, and I think it's been really well received through these first couple weeks, and it's only going to grow from here, so I'm super excited. Oh, I think so too, and you know, because of you guys,
0: and, and you are the fans, and you're the reason we're doing this, Always let us know if you've got an idea. Drop us a line, head into our messages. We want to hear from you. Uh, it's very important that we could tailor this to what you want to listen to because without you, we don't have a job doing this here. Okay. <laughs> also, if anyone would like to, have, to be a sponsor, we could take title sponsors, we can have any sort of spot. We have three legs for the Ben. I think also here, as we're given this sponsorship pitch, we should also take a moment. To refer people who may not be aware of why we are named March to the Pod. First off, if you want to know the deep dive into it, episode one. We did that in episode one, and please go back and listen to that. But if you want the shorter version, then the too long didn't listen. Is that the TLDL, Ben? Is that- <laughs>
1: I think that checks out.
0: <laughs> if you want the too long didn't listen version, then Google March to the Grave. And then tripod Sam Houston. and you will find out why we've named this show March to the Pod. It's got deep connections to Sam Houston, which we're very, very proud of. Uh, and we want and that's we want everybody to know about these traditions too, because these are awesome.
1: Right. They are. And it's a really cool conglomerate of two really notable and well-known kind of traditions and facts and history about the school, which is something we want to celebrate and have it be a part of the podcast as we move forward to kind of a, a new area, new era of Bearcat Athletics. So looking back to the past and celebrating the future. It, it is. So,
0: again, if you would like to sponsor this, that that's the name connection. We could get you in here. We have three legs. That's the reason when we go back through that, we got three legs in honor of tripod. And so you could be a sponsor of one of the legs. We could have the March to the Pod presented by You could be a presenting sponsor. Just let me know. Hit me up. Shoot me an email. Corey.Hogue at TexasFootball.com. That's C-O-R-Y. There is not that other letter that most people put in there, man. (laughs) C-O-R-Y dot H-O-G-U-E at TexasFootball.com. And we will we will be more than happy to talk with anybody who wants to be a part of our podcast. We definitely welcome you. Um, Ben, today's first leg. This is going to be fun. This is a fun yep. show we have going and we're starting it off with a bang because there was some talk of rivalries and uh, what does Sam Houston do now? We don't have the battle of the piney woods. It's gone for the foreseeable future. Tell you, as somebody who has a little bit of knowledge of this, Stephen F. Austin does not have any thoughts right now of moving up. Okay. I just, just throwing that out there. Yep. Take take that for what you will. I'm not always 100% correct, but <laughs> I can tell you that I'm told they have no thoughts of even thinking about moving up right now. They are very happy where they are. They understand their place, and having just been a part of the Texas system, I think they want to see how that's going to work, and, and naturally so. But yeah. we ain't talking about the purple people, okay? No. We're talking the about the Bearcats, Airborne man. Conference. But the reason, yeah, the Battle of the Piney Woods is over, and honestly, that's sad.
1: Yeah, you know it, it, is. It, it is. Yeah, it's something that's been there for as long as anybody can remember, and it's one of the most celebrated kind of traditions in San Houston athletics. So, it is sad, but on to new, bigger, and better things. Yeah, and so Casey Keeler, he started
0: off trying to do some of the bigger and better things at media day, and uh, it, it brought up an interesting scenario and, and some interesting thoughts. He he mentioned that UTEP will become a rivalry and that it could be kind of a neutral site thing, which I'm not exactly sure what kind of neutral site you're going to get that the teams will agree on between El Paso and Huntsville. There, there's not a whole lot in a straight line around there. And, you know, Ben, I want to get into this a little because you're not going to probably do it in the Metroplex, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a little too far for El Paso. You're not going to go to Lubbock.
1: I I just, I have no idea where that could be. Yeah, and it kind of came out of nowhere. The the comment, and I think the idea of UTEP becoming a rival was, was kind of a thing that had been floated around because people are looking for a new one, whether that be UTEP, Jacksonville State, Louisiana Tech, which we'll get into. But yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere and kind of took people by surprise, and especially especially the neutral site game. Um, I think the battle for Texas could kind of be a cool thing within Conference USA. Um, it could kind of be like a regional recruiting battle, and um, the two teams kind of duke it out in a lot with a lot of recruits. And so maybe they were recruiting one guy and the other school was too, and one school wins out a guy and um, something like that. I mean, so the UTEP thing could come about as far as a neutral site. Like you said, I don't think Dallas um, really works out for either school. Um, Lubbock, I don't think would work out. Um, you would have to think maybe Austin or San Antonio something like that somewhere in one of those um, areas, but it'll be interesting to see what comes about it. If it does become a rivalry where it gets played um, and just kind of what comes out of the UTEP game. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens this first year, kind of what it looks like. Maybe the fans will get into it on social media and stuff like that. And it'll come about, but yeah, I thought it was an interesting comment from Keeler. Okay. So before I go into
0: names for the rivalry with UTEP, cause I've, I thought of a few now. I thought of, I thought of one here. Okay. Okay. So I'm probably going to forget it by the time we get back to it, but regardless, uh-huh. um, I want to ask you, is it better to try to coerce this rivalry to make it happen or is it just better to let one of these develop? Cause one will, there's going to be a team you just don't like in the conference. Is it better to figure out who that is or to go ahead and try to, push the fans in a certain direction.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of just better to let something happen naturally. Um, Because if something does come up, you don't want to force it with another team when this other rivalry is really brewing. So I think it's best to just kind of let it come naturally. And I think there's a couple of teams people have in mind, UTEP being one, and then Louisiana Tech being closed, Jacksonville State, they kind of have a history together. So I think it's best to just kind of let it happen naturally. Because if you really force it with UTEP, and then you just start to hate Louisiana Tech, it's going to be kind of awkward. And what's really your actual rivalry? So um, I think just let it come about, and it's going to take a couple of years. Um, It's not going to happen day one or first year in the conference Fairly, but um, I think it'll come about over the time, over time. Uh, let me give you a counter
0: version to what you just said too. Cause I, I, I agree with what you said. You, you were a hundred percent correct, but think having two rivals might also be beneficial. You know, you have, the Texas Oklahoma rivalry and then you have the everybody else against Oklahoma rivalry, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so I think if you've got the the battle for the best orange, you know, you, you got that going on out there between the Bearcats and, and UTEP and you've got, you know, you, you could do some really neat thing because the the logos are are unique. They're workable. They could do, there could be a lot of fun stuff between UTEP and Sam Houston to kind of spur a rivalry. So maybe the answer is both. We start one with UTEP. We, you know, I don't know. What are we going to trash talk a minor? I'm not sure what (laughs) we're going to do with that yet. We'll figure it out. I'm sure I could come up with something, Uh, but you know, and then also if one naturally develops, then we have two rivalries and that can also be fun.
1: Yeah. And one one thing I think that's really interesting is Sam Houston is coming into Conference USA and I just thought of this looking for a rival. We just lost ours in SFA. I don't think a lot of these schools in Conference USA are, are looking for a rival like, oh, Sam Houston's here, we hate them kind of thing. Uh, UTEP's got it going on with New Mexico State. Um, Jacksonville State's got their thing with Kennesaw already. So Um, A lot of these schools already have kind of rivalries developed, whether in conference or outside of conference. And so we're coming in looking for something. So um, I don't think a lot of teams are going to come in. Oh, Sam Houston, we hate them right off the bat. So I think it might take a while for something to develop. And I think over time we could get to two, but I think one for the probably the next three to five years is where we're going to be. And then it'll slowly develop from there.
0: Who is Louisiana Tech's rival? Oh, man. Because we UTEP, New Mexico State, yeah, we know that one, right? Jacksonville yeah. State, Kennesaw. Because then the reason I bring that up is that may just be the easier one to right. go try to fabricate. If we're going to fabricate one, which may be a better better word than coerce, but if we're going to fabricate a rivalry, let's do it with somebody that doesn't have one. Because Jacksonville right. State's going to go, yeah, seriously, guys, and UTEP out there is going to go. I don't know. You know the fans. It could. What's going to make the rivalry is the
1: fans. Yep. And yeah, yep.
0: I think that might that that now I'm leaning Law Tech.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm thinking maybe Yale Monroe, but I can't think of any hostility there. Maybe Tulane, but I can't think of too much there. I mean, yeah, probably but Law not Tech's LSU. out in the woods, man. Yeah, that's, that's seriously. Oh, Have you ever been
0: to Law Tech? Like I drive been, through I'm, and I'm like, that's Law Tech, okay. I've you driven know, through
1: Ruston once,
0: yeah. Huntsville's better than Rustin, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And look, let let's be honest. That's that's a sad state of affairs for for really both towns. But yeah. Huntsville by far is better than Rustin.
1: Yeah, and I think the two schools already kind of have a relationship. They've played each other in basketball somewhat frequently. They've played each other in baseball, I believe, somewhat frequently. Um so, I mean, there's already kind of there with sports outside of basketball. Not that there's a rivalry right now, but they've played each other before. There's somewhat of a history. So, yeah, I think Louisiana Tech, they're geographically the closest, and I think it makes the most sense when looking at a rival in the near term in Conference USA. I'm with you.
0: So now we're going to have to go talk about your partner over at Cat Fans. <laughs> okay, because they're, they're, let me tell you, they're all over the gravy bowl. The gravy bowl, just you <laughs> I mean we have to we have to give it some play. Is there anything to this gravy bowl thing, Ben?
1: Yeah, so it came about with um Cody Crest and Ryan Humphreys. They were on a podcast with Sam Houston fan and I think he's an alumni too, Alex Middleton. They were on his podcast, Past the Gravy. I believe it is, and they exchanged some words about Jacksonville State that I won't repeat on here. Um, and so that's kind of how the the back and forth started, and the Gravy Bowl Gravy Bowl came about was the past the Gravy podcast. And um, the teams have somewhat of a, a history playing each other in the past, and in the, in the playoffs, and in the FCS. And most recently, I think was uh, 2021 um, in Huntsville. So. I don't think there's a lot to it right now. I think it could become something in five to ten years, but I don't think there's really any substance to it now. And like I said earlier, they've got Kennesaw State coming in, and that's kind of their big thing. And so as of right now, I don't really see it, but maybe long term, something like that. I think we settled it today,
0: Ben. Yep. We we settled the argument. It's over. Yep. It's over. It's locked Yep. And yep. what are What's they they're they're blue, they're red, and old dogs? Yeah, I don't make any sense. Louisiana yeah. Tech Bulldogs,
1: I, I that doesn't roll off the tongue, man. No, and I don't. Are, are Bulldogs known to be a Louisiana thing? I mean, I've been there plenty of times. I don't, I don't go there to see the Bulldogs or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, look, we're not gonna, we're not gonna rag on the food. They've got good food, okay. But we're, we're, we, they also. Ben, they also made another mistake. They had, they should have back it back in the day when when La tech was started, should have gone Bulldogs D A W G S. Oh yeah, but yes. see they miss. We we hit that opportunity at Sam Houston. They missed out on it.
1: Yeah, we got the unique K, which nobody else has that I've seen. And there's so many Bulldogs out there. I mean, I can uh-huh. even there, there's so many. So they're just another one of the Bulldogs and. Um, Let's make a rivalry happen. I think we started it here. <laughs> I think I, I think we just did. And if and
0: uh, if they even have a podcast, I don't. Are they? Are yeah, they big so enough?
1: They, they do. They actually. Let me let me get their name. I'm supposed to go on the Louisiana Tech's podcast here in a couple of weeks. The Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. Ben,
0: so, I'm going to need you to trash talk
1: them. Yeah, it's not. Gonna I'm going to
0: need you to go in firing some, lobbing some missiles, man. We got to We got to you know hit them first. <laughs>
1: I know, right? You got to strike first. Let them know we're here. This is our conference. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. They've but this is ours. This is ours. It's new territory. We're taking over. You know, you know I'm clipping that. That's gonna go social media now. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Let's hey, I mean, we gotta start something. This is the
0: place to do it. That's what look, I've tried to get all this going so we can start clipping it and get going. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have some rivalries going here pretty soon, man. Yep, yeah,
1: I'm ready. Let's yeah. do it.
0: I am too. You know what else I'm ready for? I'm ready for people to continue to support the Cat Fund. Ben, last week you told us about some exciting news coming. Do you have any updates on that?
1: Yeah, we we had the chance to officially sign 15... Players. Um, we talked a little bit about this with our Cat Fund members earlier this week, signed 15 players on the football team um, to Cat Fund deals and some brand deals that we, we got put together. And so that officially got signed last week. They'll go into place um, today or near in the coming days, depending on whatever deal people have. And so, yeah, football started. Basketball is in the works. Um, we got a golf tournament coming up um, October 20th. So save the date for that. And then we've got some other things working with basketball. And then Baseball will be starting up here in a couple months as well. When we get closer to their season, so yeah, lots going on right now over at Cat Fund. So,
0: where does all the
1: money go that
0: that is sent in as these as part of these memberships?
1: Yeah, hundred percent to the players. All money that we make every every dime of it goes right to the players, and that's, that's pretty exactly good for the players. To. yep it is, and it, it's something. It's really cool, and it's cool to kind of be the first one at St. Houston, and it's something you almost kind of have to have at the FBS landscape, especially no matter what level you are to be competitive at the FBS level. It's something you have to have.
0: Yeah, it is. And, you know, the other thing, too, is how many charities do you give to that actually 100% of the – no, this isn't a charity, but how many organizations do you give to that 100% of the funds goes to the college athletes? Right. I, I I don't, there probably isn't many others in, around the country, even working in the NIL that a hundred percent goes directly to the athletes.
1: Right. Yeah. We're a board that operates. Everything's pro bono. So like, like I said, everything's going straight to the athletes. I mean, we'll have some expenses for members uh, apparel or stuff like that, but outside of that and the expenses that we have, everything's right to the players and everything that we do is pro bono. That is awesome.
0: Hey, uh, so Ben, we're going to move on into the second leg of our podcast here. And, uh, Sam Houston started practice last week and you were out there, uh, you got some updates on the quarterback battle for us.
1: Yeah. So, the team, I got, I got a chance to drop by on Wednesday last week for their skills and drills workout. The team reports today with fall camp officially starting tomorrow on the second, but they were still going through workouts and some some drills and stuff and got to see both quarterbacks. I, I got to see Keegan Shoemaker in the spring, and we've seen him the past couple of years. We got to see Grant Gannell live for the first time. And I got to say, both looked really, really good and i think they were the two best guys out there um in those seven on seven and 11 on 11 periods and both made all the throws that they needed to um i will say so grant gannell left one just a little short to Ife day that was probably 40 50 yards down the field and keegan had one interception in the 11 on 11 period but man outside of that i don't even remember really any incompletions um bad reads bad throws i mean the guys did what they needed to and uh Yeah, nothing's decided like we talked about last week, but both guys looked really good, and it's going to be a fun battle these next couple weeks in the fall. That's for sure. Yeah, and it sounds
0: like, at least at the start, they're making it hard on the coaching staff, and that's a key. You know, you got to make it hard on the coaches to decide. Yeah. You do. You have to make it hard on the coaches to decide that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I know one thing that the staff will probably take into account this year, and Keeler mentioned this, I think halfway through last season, was they wish they would have named a starter last season a little earlier. They didn't name Jordan Yates a starter until I don't know if it was the day of the game, maybe the day before two days before. And so guys were splitting first team reps all throughout the fall. And so I wonder how big of an emphasis it's going to be this year to maybe name a starter in a couple weeks and then give them a couple weeks with that first team offense to get things going. So um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think it's a good problem to have right now because I feel like I would be comfortable with either one of them running the ship week one.
0: That's an interesting question concept you bring up there with, you know, you, you have, when, when do you do it? When do mm. you set it? Because you want to give both of them as much time as possible, but you also have to manage the fact that you, you need the offense needs to know, you know, the players need to know, and then they need that time to kind of gel and work together is,
1: is two weeks about the right time frame on that. Yeah, so I mean, fall camp, it starts on the second. That gives you almost exactly a month and pretty much exactly a month until the game um, starts. So I would probably say two, two and a half weeks, let's figure this thing out, then give the guy a week and a half, two weeks, whoever is the guy, and let him run with it. I mean, unless your plan is to play both quarterbacks, which I don't think is the plan right now, I think probably giving him a week week and a half, two weeks is kind of what I would do, but I think that's going to be really interesting. I think another reason why it's important to get a guy reps is it's a new offensive coordinator too, so you want to have him um, knowing what he's doing with the guy he has, because I'm sure the game plan is going to change slightly depending on the quarterback, so getting that guy nailed down at the right time is an important thing
0: yeah and you talk about that the new playbook new offensive coordinator even if 80 percent of his offense is the same as what they were running that's still 20 percent new whatever that percentage is that is important to have time to get working through that uh ben on the defensive side of the ball tell me some guys that stood out to you
1: yeah, so I think the first one, and I'll just talk about a newcomer. We know a lot about the guys coming back, but a guy that really impressed me was Jabari Johnson. Um, the ULM transfer has over 200 career tackles. He joined the program in May or June with a late uh, transfer portal um, enrollee, and so he was, he looks physically impressive. They have him listed at 6'1", 200 pounds, and I would say he's at least 200, if not more than that. Um, he's got, I think he's going to play in that kind of nickel role, but he really took over a leadership role from what it looked like when I was there kind of leading the guys through individual drills. Um, he just looked physically impressive. He brings in the accolades. He's done it at the FW, FBS level. And so he was a, uh, a guy on the defensive side of the ball that really stood out to me. And I think he's going to make a huge impact in his one year here at Sam Houston as a grad student. That
0: is awesome to hear. And, you know, a lot of times we always talk about recruiting class. We do. The media does. I'm going to put it. We'll just throw it out. We'll throw out that nasty word, the media. We like to talk about, you know, recruiting class. But then when they get to the school and they start, we don't really think about them too much unless they hit until they hit the field, if they ever hit the field for some of them. So who are some of the freshmen from this year's uh, recruiting class that uh, you saw some things out of this week?
1: Yeah, so two really stood out, and then I'll throw in a couple other names. So the first one was Lonnie Atkinson, the wide receiver, one of the highest-rated recruits in San Houston history. I think he was the top-rated wide receiver that we've ever signed out of Corpus Christi Miller, and he's had a great um, summer, and he looked really good when I was there the other day. And I think he's a guy that uh, could maybe see the field this year as a freshman. Um, it's a deep room at wide receiver. We talked about that last week, but I think he's the guy that could come in um, and maybe see some snaps because he's got enough talent to do it. Um, well, uh, real quick, I yeah. Ife did that when, as yeah. a freshman. Ife forced
0: his way on the field. You, you think Lonnie could be close to doing that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Ife found his way on and did a bunch of different things. And Noah Smith did the same thing, kind of found his way in a couple different roles and moving around the offensive side of the ball. Um, but yeah, I think he's a guy that can be used in a couple of different ways. He's got good sides. I think he's about six foot, six foot one, really good speed, good hands, great route runner, put up just some incredible numbers in high school. So he's a guy I think that they probably want to try to get the ball in his hand some way, maybe even as a kick returner or a punt returner. I'm not, I didn't really see him working there at some, but I, I could just imagine with his athleticism 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 that might be a place you want to slot him early on in his career
0: oh yeah that he you will see him on special teams no doubt who who are some of the other ones that uh, you that you noticed out there too
1: yeah, I think the one that really stood out at practice is uh, Chanston Prox. He just had an incredible day. He had two interceptions in the 11-on-11 period. One of them he pretty much took the ball out of a receiver's hands and toe-tapped in to get the interception. He looked great, and I've heard he had a really good summer. He might be able to see the field some. And then another one is Jamari Wiggins. Um, I think he might be the top recruit we've ever signed out of Waco Connelly, I believe it was where Kavian Gaithers from, um, who's also on the defensive side of the ball. So Prox had a really big day, and then Wiggins comes in with a lot of accolades and a really high rating um, coming in as a recruit. So those are some guys on the defensive side of all that I would look out for, both in the secondary. And then the injury front, man. This is the one that
0: uh, throughout the year we're going to have a lot of this kind of talk, and hopefully the news is good more than it is bad. So where are we standing on the injuries right now?
1: Yeah, right now I think the team's in a really good spot. I think nearly every single player at practice last week participated either in individual drills, seven on the se- seven on seven, or eleven on eleven, or all three of them, which was really good to see. Because in the spring there were a lot of guys and a lot of notable guys that were out from with injuries from last season or injuries sustained in the offseason. and so it was good to see the team healthy. Um, not everybody went through everything, but almost everybody participated in some sort of way, which is really encouraging going into the fall because the team hasn't been healthy in a long time. So from a health perspective, I think the team looks really good.
0: That is great news to hear. Uh, Ben, before we move into the third leg, just in case somebody maybe didn't hear the sponsorship pitch earlier, maybe, (laughs) maybe we could do it again. So if you would like to sponsor one of the legs of the show, we, we would definitely love to listen to you again. The email address is Corey.Hogue at Texas Dot com. That's C-O-R-Y dot H-O-G-U-E at TexasFootball.com. Uh, ben, I think the thing I, that if I was to make a sponsorship pitch right now, it would be we're not just here for football and men's and women's basketball and baseball. We will discuss every single sport that Sam Houston, that, that plays. We will they may not get as much <laughs> at first time, but mm. every, every team will be covered. And I think that's, what's going to, that's what sets us apart from some other podcasts that, that cover schools is, you know, we are full athletic department wide.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think all the athletes deserve love. Um, and we should highlight them all in, in the, and the good that they do. And so I know these next couple of weeks are going to be really, and we'll get into it here in a minute, really heavy with soccer and volleyball. And this is kind of a time to really check them out and for them to shine and go to their games if you're a student or, or a fan, because it's about a three week gap between um, when they start and when football starts. And so and a lot of games at home, which I know we'll get into. So yeah, just really want to support them, kind of give a preview of what they're doing and, and look forward to these seasons.
0: Yeah, we're going to start with soccer. You know, the the soccer team, the soccer program, it's been through some difficulties. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll say. We'll, we'll we'll go with difficulties. Uh, but they have their first three matches at home and they're all coming up here in the month of August been um it's a good chance for people to go out and see the program and see what has changed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And those three games, like you said, against Prairie View, ULM and Lamar, all three at home to start the year. And a lot of the non-conference games are at home. So I definitely recommend getting out to Pritchett Field. It's a fun environment when that place gets packed. But I I, I like this team this year. Um, Last year, I'll start with last year. Sonia Curvello, the new head coach, was hired just six weeks before the season. Um, And so there's not a lot you can do there. And they had 11 freshmen. Um, So a little more than a third of the roster were freshmen. They went 3-11-2 last year, uh, but it was a complete roster overhaul. And so coming in this year, I think it's going to be a lot better. You bring back a lot of those freshmen that got a lot of experience last year. You return your top two scorers in Kaylee Pena and Landry Townsend. Landry Townsend is one of the all-time leading scorers at Sam Houston um, and has done it for a couple of years now. Um, and then you bring in – a. Uh, Tiana Johnson from Arkansas Pine Bluff. And she was Swag freshman of the year and player of the year last year. Um, and so you've got some really good building block pieces and Townsend, Pena and Johnson. And then you've got those 11 freshmen who have a ton of experience now that played a lot last season. And so I think it could be a really exciting year. And Sonia Cavello has won everywhere she's been. And so I'm excited to see what year two is going to look like now that she's had a full off season.
0: Okay. Well, look, I love I love all that. That that sounds really good, but this is a new era.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is a new conference. This is we're not here to talk bad about the Western Athletic Conference. Corey ho tends to love the WAC. <laughs> okay? It's just inherent. So we're not gonna badmouth the WAC, but also Conference USA is a step up mm-hmm. for the Bearcats. So where do you see this team? in where it rates within the the conference as a whole this year. What's their conference outlook?
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of a middle of the pack kind of outlook, a lot of the teams that are coming back that were a part of Conference USA last year were in the bottom half of Conference USA. Uh, Your Middle Tennessee, FIU, UTEP, Western Kentucky, were all in the bottom five or six of Conference USA last year. Louisiana Tech was in the top three or four, so I would expect them to be good, but I don't expect us to win the conference, but I don't see a reason why we can't be middle of the pack, and I think if we do end up I don't know, fourth, fifth, sixth, I think that'll be a successful year and a building block year going forward um, for Carvello and her staff and the team, and so so I think kind of middle of the pack would be my expectation this year. I don't expect us to set the world on fire and go undefeated and win conference, but I think it'll be a good building year. And I think we should just slot in right there in the middle, I think would kind of be the expectation.
0: Well, you know what? I think as a, if you're a, a booster a fan, you would probably accept that right now with the soccer program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's been a really tough, couple of years and even when it wasn't really bad it was just kind of average and so I think getting back to kind of average and if you're in the middle of Conference USA I mean one of the better conferences in the country I think that's something to be proud of especially in year two under a new coach that came in um, to a pretty bad circumstance under pretty bad circumstances I mean got there six weeks before last season and so yeah if you finish middle of the pack I think you'd be really happy this year. Definitely.
0: So the next program, Ben, and got some news coming out right before we started recording on on Tuesday afternoon. This will be released on Wednesday morning. So not necessarily breaking news on this one, but Brenda Gray and the volleyball program. I think they kind of go synonymous. They're you yeah. know this is our 40th season.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> been around the Ray, block once or
1: twice.
0: Yeah, she she's entering her 40th season uh, as head coach and they made some news within the coaching staff. Ben.
1: Yeah, they just announced literally right before we were about to hit record that uh Taylor Gray got promoted to assistant head coach and she's been there since 2014 so um not really Personnel changes, but just kind of an elevation in her role. I know Chris Mudge got elevated to assistant head coach or associate head coach in basketball. And so um, just kind of a promotion there. So, yeah, a little bit of a staff news coming on right before we talk about some volleyball. Yeah, I think in these cases,
0: schools tend to do that instead of saying head coach in waiting because that's that term was so like 2000s and 90s right mm-hmm. we don't use that anymore that that's derogatory to say something like that but when you see a school start to promote a coach from assistant coach to assistant head coach to associate head coach that comes with with financial increases along the way. It also shows how much a school values that coach and, and really has plans to keep them long term.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and she's been a part of some really successful teams, especially the past couple of years, and so um, it's not always the head coach doing everything. The assistants are a big part of that, and she's been here for almost a decade now with some good teams, and so I think it's just being able to reward her for the work she's done, elevating her into that assistant head coach role, and, uh, yeah, some extra responsibilities, and, yeah, congrats to her. I mean, it's, it, it's a big promotion.
0: Definitely, and as they've begun workouts or beginning, I, th- I believe they've begun workouts. Yep, yeah, because their season starts soon. They've got a scrimmage at home against Houston Christian, and then they host uh, the Bearcat Invitational Tournament. Uh, ben, before we get into before before we yeah. get into that, because that I cannot tell you how many times I had to to read that. Um, this is a chance to see the team in person at home again just like soccer the entire month of august they are they're going to be right there for you to go watch
1: yeah We're starting off with four games in the invitational tournament which like you said is kind of an interesting title and I don't know how that really works. But yeah, playing Nichols, kind of an old Southland foe, foe, Oral Roberts in Portland, and then A&M Corpus Christi, another Southland foe. So four games right off the bat and the scrimmage, like you mentioned, um, in August. And so definitely a good chance to go see the team at Johnson Coliseum if you're a student or, or a fan, um, first year in Conference USA, and uh, just see what this team's about. So yeah, a lot of games at home, just like soccer to kick things off.
0: Yeah. Yes, and that's a good thing. So we're gonna see where they are. You mentioned former Southland. We moved up from the SWAT, Southland to the to the WAC. That was a, a step up. This is another step up. Has the talent increased to a level that you expect them to be competitive in in the conference USA this year?
1: Yeah, I think like soccer, I think it, it could be a middle of the pack year and it's a really interesting year for the team and for the, and it's a really interesting conference. Western Kentucky was a top 25 team last year, went undefeated in conference. UTEP had a really nice year last year. Um, and then your FIUs, Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Techs, they were kind of towards the middle bottom. Um, So it's going to be real interesting to kind of see where they slot in the conference USA. And last year was the first year in a while. That was a bad year for volleyball, but a lot of what they depended on were freshmen, true freshmen and sophomores. And you return a lot of that and you've returned probably your best player in Hannah Baker. Um, And so it'd be interesting to kind of see how the team has grown since last year. And it's a conference that I think is better than the WAC. You've got some really good teams like Western Kentucky and UTEP, but um, I think we could slot right in there and kind of the middle of the conference
0: that that is also positive so but we've we've got to talk about this bearcat invitational tournament <laughs> i'm going to have to get some
1: clarification on this
0: because hey, i'm i'm hoping that there was some sort of miss cuz i'm not sure can you have an invitational and a tournament
1: i think you can if there is a tournament but this is just kind of a round robin everybody play each other if you invite people into the tournament Maybe it's an invitational tournament, but from what I've seen and everything I know, this is just kind of a round robin, everybody play everybody, which isn't a tournament.
0: It would be weird if it was a tournament, if they've already got the game scheduled for that entire weekend.
1: Yeah, so like I said, as far as I know and everything I've seen, I don't think it's a tournament. So maybe it's just an invitational. If there was a tournament, maybe you could add both words on there. But, yeah, it's an interesting title. We'll see.
0: Do Do you think they were looking for the acronym?
1: bearcat invitational tournament the bit the bit yeah i don't know it doesn't it kind of rolls off the tongue it's not great but yeah i don't i don't know where they were going with that maybe when they were putting it in they just wanted to put tournament or just put invitational and they just put both it's just (laughs) for fun um maybe they thought they had typed one and they ended up typing the other and kept both on there i don't know how that happens but yeah that's interesting
0: that's a great question to never ask Coach Gray.
1: Yes, and I'm actually going to look <laughs> at some other teams' websites and see if they call it that also in their schedules because I'm interested to see if we're the uh, the only one calling it that or maybe we just kind of titled it wrong. It's, it's really interesting.
0: Uh, well, yeah, and again, it, it rolls a Bearcat Invitational. That works,
1: Bearcat so Tournament. Here we go. On the AM Corpus Christi website, it's the Bearcat Invitational. It's just the invitational, so okay. maybe we're getting some clarification. Let, let's look at Portland here. Um, let's go to their schedule. They have the Bearcat Invitational Tournament. Huh. Okay. Okay, so well, we got
0: two. We got two
1: let's, for. Let, let's check Nichols. Let, let's see what they say. We'll, <laughs> we'll run with what they go. Let, <laughs> go with okay, schedule for Nichols Volleyball. They go with the Invitational Tournament, so that's what wins out, I guess. We're
0: gonna go. With, we're gonna go. Hey, look, we have two winners today. The first winner is Bearcat Invitational Tournament, and the second winner is how much we don't like Louisiana Tech.
1: Yeah, I think we solved a lot here. we figured a lot out. We year. really did. This was a very productive episode. Yeah, we did. And and before uh, we, we move on here, I just want to just kind of hit on some of the players to kind of watch out for with, with volleyball. They bring in a, a middle blocker from Tarleton, J. Garcia-Rosa. She started all 30 games last year. Last year, at Tarleton, put up some really good numbers. Hannah Baker, Hannah Baker, returns, and she actually went to Team USA training camp this summer. After a huge year last year, set some program records um, last year, so she's going to be really exciting at the libero position. And then some of those players that were freshmen and sophomores last year that were really young: Mackenzie Morvant, Haley Heider, Avery Fowler, Abby Clayton, all saw. some good action last year put up some good numbers and um there were six freshmen on the team last year and some of them put up some really big numbers Haley Hyder being one of them Madison Dyer transferred out but she had a massive year as a freshman and there's six freshmen this year so maybe we see one or two of them emerge um so some pieces coming back some pieces you've added from the portal um return Hannah Baker who is going to be your star so it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, hey, I, I'm looking forward
0: to it. We, we will definitely take some time to discuss. And, um, you know, hopefully it's good things. That's yeah. what we hope for.
1: Yeah, and it, it's a team that's won a lot. I mean, I've, I've been around San Houston for six or seven years now. And last year was really the first year that they didn't win a lot, um, competing for conference titles, winning a lot of games. And so uh, I think it's time to get back to what they're used to. And I'm excited to see if they can do it.
0: Year 40 is gonna be the year, man.
1: Yeah, I mean this is year the one.
0: 40 for her here at Sam Houston. This is the one where he think of real quick completely off script, which is exactly what I love to do. It's on yeah. brand for me to go off script. But what this what what coach Gray has seen during her tenure at Sam Houston is remarkable what she coaches have a hard time and let's give her a ton of credit here. Coaches have a hard time as you move up divisions of mm-hmm. being successful. You don't see a lot of coaches that move up with a team through a division stay. I, I think more often than not, they don't Right? They right. don't last. She has been through NAI right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's been through, they were the whack, the Southland, the Gulf star. Uh, she, she's been through so many and, and now we're going back through the Southland again, the whack, and now the conference USA. She, she's been such a part of this school. It's really a credit to her and how good a coach she is that she has been able to uh, be in Huntsville this long.
1: Yeah, a testament to the ability to adapt, like you said, to many different conferences, and I think her and Bobby Williams have been there, probably both about 40 years and they've kind of seen this all the way through and gotten this thing to Conference USA and yeah, she's done a great job in the story. I, I remember she was on a podcast a couple months ago talking about how she got to become a head coach at Sam Houston. I think she was like an assistant at a high school and then a Sam Houston assistant left and so she, she came on last minute and then the head coach left the next year. So she went from a high school assistant to Sam Houston head coach within about a year and she's done it ever since and done a really good job and um, won a lot of games. So and I think she's the longest tenured head coach or one of the longest tenured head coaches in all of NCAA volleyball. So, yeah, definitely one of the pioneers of uh, coaching at Sam Houston, really one of the most successful ever. And, uh, yeah, she's done it a long time, that's for sure.
0: Uh, Yes. And she's done it very successfully. And not only does it show her ability to adapt to the game because the game has changed a lot during that time, but she's adapted to the players, to the recruits, you know, every generation, you have to learn to adjust to the younger players and be a, being able to connect to 18 to 22 to 26 year old, you know, 24, depending on what The COVID year did some crazy things. Being able to continually connect with younger people in society as times have changed, as technology's changed, as everything's changed, just shows that she just has a special ability with this.
1: Yeah, it is. And you brought up a really good point. I mean, 18 to 22-year-olds have changed a lot over 40 years. The, The way you recruit players has changed a lot over 40 years, and volleyball isn't necessarily always a sport that pushes the needle when you've moved from D or from NAIA to D2, D2 to D1, FCS to FBS. That's a football move, Um, whether volleyball is ready or not. I mean, they're going to move. And so she's been able to adapt with all these changes and still continue to win, which I think is really cool.
0: And so we're looking forward to this year from the Bearcats again out there. It's going to be fun to watch, Ben.
1: Yep, absolutely. Just a couple more weeks and it's August. It's time for volleyball. It's time for soccer it's time for football and i'm ready right And it's,
0: you know what else it's time for what's that it's time for la tech to take the hate
1: Yep, yeah, yeah, i'm ready let's dish it out let's get going
0: <laughs> we're gonna be cutting it yes we're coming for you la tech
1: yeah we're ready we, we've we've decided a lot here we're ready to dish it out
0: yeah i think you know what well man we have a it's a high bar for us to come to next week i don't know if we're gonna be able to solve so many of
1: the world's problems I, I I know. What's next? I mean, what, what world problem do they want us to solve next? We're ready. We <laughs> solved Stan Houston's uh, Bearcat Invitational. We solved um, who our rival is. I think we've got some bigger and better things next week. Yeah, but let's just stick right there. Let's not try. And
0: <laughs> <Hey, Right>. there- <laughs> hey, nobody will be to try to solve anything outside of my little lane. <laughs> right.
1: <is> for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll stick to sports.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Ben, thank you so much, man. This was this was fun, and I can't wait to, to be back again next week. Absolutely. Eat them up, cats. That's right. And thank you guys, the, the listeners, the viewers. You know, with, without you... None of this is possible for us, and we know that. So from Ben and myself, we say thank you, and until next time, eat them up, cats.